What's up, everybody? Welcome back. This is Cody Michael, and joined, as always, by Seth Ott. Hello. And Jared Buckendall. Goodbye. That was a quick episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hit the sounder. We are socially constipated. This is the Entertainment Outhouse. We are here to give you all of the news, reviews, recommendations, reactions, ridiculousness, as JB says. <laughs> oh, look at that shark's teeth. <laughs> I knew that's what you were doing. <laughs> that's an all-time trailer gag for a movie mm-hmm. I never, ever want to watch. Wasn't the yeah. movie terrible? I think it has like a 3% on Rotten Tomatoes. Strange uh, for, Wilderness? For, yeah, for friends, uh, yeah, it is uh, Strange Wilderness. <laughs> And I think Steve that that's Zahn like one that? of the, that's yeah he's like the one of the main characters. It, otherwise, it's like all the people that were in like Grandma's Boy. Oh yeah, it is the Grandma's Boy crew. Seth, over under three percent before I reveal the Rotten Tomato score. Over. It is. <laughs> what is it? It's two. It's two. Oh no! Oh my god! <laughs> wow, I, I you were playing the odds there, Seth. It was a smart move, but the tomatometer. Did you say tomato meter or tomatometer? I think tomatometer is better. <laughs> I prefer it. Audience score 35%, though. So at least one in three people yeah. is interested in this film. So you're saying that out of the people who saw it, one person liked it then? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. And one out of the 50 critics uh, liked it as well. So pretty oh. solid turnout. Strange Wilderness will not get the retro recommend. But... Oh, man. Come on. <laughs> but the <trailer> <laughs> <one>. <laughs> and it just keeps it goes for like two minutes did you see the movie i think i've unfortunately seen bit i've seen a majority of it um i do know that it's one of the most abrupt strange endings to a movie where i'm pretty sure that they just stop acting turn to the camera and laugh like oh is it done and then it just goes to credits what, what the hell? Yeah, it's odd. Let's get a little audio from the shark in case people haven't heard. <laughs> yes, the shark is a... What the fuck? <laughs> look, man, look at that thing's teeth. <laughs> I could actually watch that shit all day. Oh my and it's God. the same five second or ten second clip just replayed. Well, I didn't expect, this happens all the time. I didn't expect we'd be talking about Strange Wilderness, but here we are. Got an announcement to make. Our next live show is on the schedule, October 27th. That's this coming Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, over on the J Buck Studios YouTube page. At Jared Buckendall. You're not going to want to miss it. We're going to be doing our, our new release exam. Uh, looking forward to the month of November, which is pretty stacked, if memory serves. Reviewing some things that are coming out this weekend, including at least one big film that we'll get into, and Jared's coming soon later on. Ooh. Yeah, so you're going to want to be there. Join us live, jump in the comments, make some jokes, uh, maybe win some prizes. Lots of movies coming <gasps> up. It'll be a good week to come away with some movie tickets. So join us on the 27th, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Central Time. In the meantime, now would be a very good time to head out to sociallyconstipatedpod.com. Comment on our episodes, head out to our social media profiles, make sure you follow those, like some posts, share some posts, all that stuff just might get you entered into a giveaway. Maybe you'd be walking away with a couple of movie tickets for the price of a comment. Pretty sweet, if I say so myself, so 
Again, uh, check out the website. Don't forget while you're there, join the mailing list and become also an anchor wanker. Kick us a couple of bucks a month to keep the show going and growing. Shouts out to all of our existing wankers for doing so. I really appreciate y'all's support. And we look forward to talking with y'all on Wednesday. So don't miss that. We got a lot to get into. As I said, we're going to touch all the bases this week, starting with game time. (laughs) Seth is going to be creating a brand new movie for us. Jared and I are going to have to try to unwind what Seth gets us into here. Thesaurus Theater coming right at you. Thesaurus. I'm not going to lie. I forgot the rules to this one, Seth. Uh, which one is this? <laughs> I've taken a movie title, run it through a thesaurus, pushed it out on stage, made it do a little dance in the theater. And they're going to try and guess the actual movie title that it should be. So a bunch of synonyms for the actual title. You ready? Yes. I was All born right. ready. All right. Four words that got ran through the thesaurus. Undertaking, preposterous, miscreant, state. Wow. Undertaking preposterous miscreant state. Oh. Preposterous miscreant state. Undertaking. Wow. Uh, what? <laughs> Undertaking preposterous miscreant state. What's miscreant mean? It's like a, a ne'er do well, uh, like a. Uh... <laughs> you can't. You can't give me another word I don't know. <laughs> it's like a like a delinquent. Okay. 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 Ne'er do well. I haven't said that in years. <laughs> Instead of a ne'er do well, my folks used to call it a can't get right. <laughs> oh, mm. You can't give wow. me another more confusing word. Yeah, I was like, I got nothing here, man. Miscreant, criminal, mobster, gangster. And I'm trying to think because he usually plays off of a movie that's coming out this week. So I'm assuming that's Dune, but also half of Hollywood is in Dune. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that didn't really help. Uh, (laughs) well who's in there oscar isaac chalamet is chalamet in anything is he in that uh no (laughs) never mind (laughs) has he ever been in a movie before what's the one where he sticks his pecker in the peach what's that movie oh that's called miscreant state okay that's the one (laughs) oh wait no that's not it Uh, that's call me by your name okay so it's not that one Ooh, you got us with a good one here buddy yeah Uh, all right, so you're on the right track thinking about movies that come out this weekend. You're in the right movie. Who else we got in that movie? Oh, Zendaya. Uh, what's Zendaya in? Uh, it's not The Greatest Showman. It's not Malcolm and Marie. It's not Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> Malcolm and Marie. <laughs> I like that movie. I know, but that's for one, that's very random. And two, that would be the worst one to do with the Soros Theater on. I would just have to say Malcolm and Marie. There's no synonyms for that. You could have just made up two other names. That would have been fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of state. Like, do you think state means like a location or do you think that it means like a a state of being? I, I think I'm I'm feeling state of being like a condition. Ah, okay, okay. I was thinking location. I guess there's it could a- be. There's other people in the movie, Seth. So we haven't gotten. I don't think we've gotten our person yet. Oh, Josh Brolin. What's Josh Brolin in? The Goonies. Oh. Oh, oh I got it. Wait. No, never mind. Were you about to say No Country for Old Men? Yeah, I was. Damn it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> don't. We're gonna get this. Who, we're gonna who get else this. is in the movie? Rebecca. Rebecca Ferguson. Ferguson? Oh my God! I know it. <laughs> I cannot believe I didn't get their suit. You son of a bitch, Seth. <laughs> 
I'm there. <laughs> Wait. Okay, what was the thesaurus theater akin? Can you please say it? Yes. Undertaking preposterous miscreant state. Okay, so I'm assuming it's a Mission Impossible movie, correct? <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, I got it now. Yep, I got it. It's the flute one. The flute one? <laughs> yeah, where they have the flute gun. Oh, yes, they did have the flute gun. Yep, you can God, say it then. I that scene. Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. For three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! The colon. We'd have gotten there quicker with the colon, but... Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, you would have gotten situation. it probably immediately at that point. Yeah. I like undertaking preposterous. That's, <laughs> that's good. Uh, delinquent state's pretty good, too. Miscreant. Or no, it wasn't miscreant state. Miscreant, yeah. Miscreant state sounds like a, an alternative title for It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> undertaking preposterous. Well, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, they're all amazing Mission Impossible movies, but I, I, I do really enjoy Rogue Nation. It's got some pretty dope shit. Sean Harris, excellent villain in that. Rebecca Ferguson. She's doing her thing in that one. Tom Cruise doing his as well. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson this weekend in Dune. So keep an eye out for that. But Rogue Nation getting the Thesaurus Theater nod this week. Thesaurus. Rolando. <laughs> I know I say this often, but we definitely edited down the time it took Jared and I to get there. It took a while. Uh, not proud of our <laughs> performance there. But we did. We got there. We got there eventually, slowly but surely. Don't call me Shirley. Don't call me Shirley. There you go. Well, a shout out to Seth for setting us up with an, a, a stumper this week. Almost got us. Took us a while. But we did get there in the Thesaurus Theater. Got a few things to talk about. Uh, we got some casting news and some spoiler news. Don't worry. We're not spoiling anything. We're just going to talk about spoilers. Let's get into our bathroom reading. All right, guys. Uh, first of all, The Continental. This is the upcoming limited series. It's a spinoff from John Wick. Everybody on this show, big fans of John Wick. Uh, really intrigued to see what they do here with The Continental. Got a little bit of casting news. And I don't know if some of this already came out, but I did not know. Mel Gibson is going to be in this? That's the title. Okay, I was trying to figure out. I saw the headline and didn't know who it was. Albert Hughes is going to direct. He did the Book of Eli. And then Colin Waddell is joining. It's going to be, I didn't know this either. The Continental is going to be put out for, by Stars. It's a three-night special television event. Oh, cool. So that's kind of an interesting format. That could be cool. I thought it was a whole series they were doing. But yeah, yeah that's, that's what I, I thought. I like that. I like that idea. The new show will center around the hotel from the John Wick movies. I don't see any other names in here. Uh, Colin Waddell has been on The Flight Attendant. Is he mm. the boyfriend? Or is he the guy that's killed in Flight Attendant, Seth? Do you recognize him? I don't think he's the guy. I think I think he's the boyfriend. And then there's, uh, he was in The Purge, The Originals, Masters of Sex, Designated Survivor. He was also in Call of the Wild and Unfriended Dark Web. So I think, I think, so there's some folks. There's going to be Hubert Point du Jour from Dr. Death, uh, Jessica Elaine, Michelle Prada, Nung Kate, and, or maybe Kate, uh, and then Ben Robson. So I don't recognize a lot of names here outside, of course, Mel Gibson, which surprised the hell out of me. Guys, any reaction to the, the Mel Gibson at all? Are we past the point where he's a deterrent from a movie? I don't know if I'm there yet. 
But uh, what do you think seeing Mel Gibson crashing his way into a, a franchise that we all already like? I don't know, man. I Sure, I guess. I mean, I'm assuming. The thing is, okay, this is somewhat of a high profile. Like, you know, people know John Wick. They know Continental. So if they're getting him involved, I'm assuming that they, they're not scared that his name is going to put a bad taste in people's mouths, I guess. I mean, I'm going to check it out, but yeah, I'm still kind of wishy-washy on like where we need to put him in the eyes of Hollywood, you know? I, I'm with you there. It is a bit it is a bit confusing. And and honestly, I, I, I know Mel Gibson was a good actor before any of us were born, but I haven't even seen him in anything that I was like stoked on for a while. Here's one plot detail, though. The Ian McShane character, whose name is Winston Scott, this mm-hmm. is going to center around him. It's a younger version of him in 1975 new york city so is that who mel gibson's playing here i don't think he'd be a younger version of him oh fair point yeah no he is a character named cormac not a lot of detail around there seth what's say you on the the mel gibson at all does that change your your excitement level of continental or were, were you already there anyway yeah i mean i was gonna watch it anyway it's john wick but i mean it doesn't really do anything for me either way i guess i'll watch it <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll have to keep an eye out. I don't see a release date on this, uh, but they're getting ready to enter production, so it's going to be a little bit. So watch out for The Continental coming out on Stars. So, Seth, we're going to have to piggyback on a, uh, a free trial prescription from you, I think, on that one. DC Fandom over the last weekend, and The Batman had a new trailer that is now available to watch. I have not seen this. Jared, I think you said you had only seen some short clips too, but Seth, you caught a new look at Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson, yes, sorry, Thank I you. forgot he changed his name, as the caped <laughs> crusader here. Everyone was pretty cranked about the teaser that already came out. Uh, I know we all were pretty pumped to see Pattinson in action. I guess maybe be careful of spoilers. I don't know what's in there, but uh, yeah. did this up did this up the ante even more on the Batman? Would you recommend checking this trailer out? I don't think. Yeah, there really wasn't much in the way of spoilers from my recollection of watching it. I, I can't think. I can't think of anything really specific that's spoiler worthy. So I think you know if you see it, if you happen to come across it online or see it in you know the theater or whatever, I don't think you're really in any danger at this point of getting danger. Danger. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely very excited for this movie. Um, I mean, just even with it being Batman, but I'm excited for it. another Matt Reeves movie. I was talking to Jared the other night. We were playing games. Matt Reeves hasn't directed a movie since War the Planet of the Apes in 2017. Mm-hmm. So by the time this comes out, it'll be almost five years since he's had a movie come out. So that in and of itself is exciting. But then with him and Battinson and, and Batman and... You know, all kinds of the cast is pretty crazy that they're getting involved mm-hmm. with this thing. Also, he just looks badass and he doesn't have the uh, Rachel voice. He's got a, a, <laughs> a pretty normal voice in this one. I'm pumped. Batmobile looks sweet and he looks like he's going to beat some ass. So, got all the oh, elements. Yeah. Got all the elements for a good Batman movie here. I'm super pumped and we don't have that long to wait. It's March. So, it's really not that far off. No. I'm curious because, again, I've only seen bits and pieces is this most similar to the dark knight in tone or is this completely in its own realm i i mean it doesn't it's not quite it doesn't seem like it's gonna be quite as like quote-unquote realistic as like obviously there's not there's not i didn't notice anything that is like wacky or anything like superhero necessarily stuff but it also doesn't seem like it's being taken quite as like dark and realistic as that, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. 
It seems like a little bit more action-y than Dark Knight series, but we'll see. I, I still can't quite pull a tone from it. It definitely seems like it'll be dark. Not quite like Nolan or Snyder, like that type of dark, but definitely, you know, he's going to beat some ass. Have you, I'm, I'm curious, have you seen the movie Zodiac? Yeah. Because for some reason in my mind, that's how I feel like this movie's playing out. But somehow they're they're shoving a Batman into the movie Zodiac. Maybe. If that's it, I buy me 25 tickets <laughs> yeah. immediately. I fucking love Zodiac. Zodiac is one of very few three-hour movies I will recommend to everyone. And it makes sense with the Riddler aspect. Riddler is a serial killer in this one that uh, Battenson is after. Listen to the fucking cast on this. So there's Robert Pattinson, Andy Serkis is Alfred, Peter Skarsgård, Sarsgard is the DA, Jeffrey Wright is com- is Gordon. It doesn't look like he's commissioner yet. Colin Farrell is Oswald Cobblepot, Penguin. Paul Dano is the Riddler, who I cannot wait to see Paul Dano in like a truly villainous role. I think he's going to be awesome. Zoe Kravitz is Selena Kyle, Barry Keoghan, John Turturro. There's a lot of folks in here. This this looks like it's going to be dope. And, and I didn't realize it had been so long since Matt Reeves had put something out, but loved those Planet of the Apes movies. We'll actually get to see Andy Serkis in, like we'll get to see him physically in a Matt Reeves movie. He's not going to be uh, CGI the whole time. Yeah, that's true. I, I forgot about that connection, honestly. Yep. But that is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I like that those guys are buds because he did such a good job in mm-hmm. the Planet of the Apes movies with Serkis, so... If he puts Wait. him to good use here, it's going to be pretty dope. It did seem like this the trailer, it felt to me like there was more action in it than I saw like a detective movie, but I could totally, like, yeah, I, I think I've also heard that it, it is more of a detective one. So, yeah, to I guess to answer your question, Jared, not quite not quite as dark and, and brooding, I guess, as the Nolan stuff, but mm-hmm. also not, camp, not campy like the Schumacher or even We're like not getting bad nipples. Batman. Yeah, I don't think it's even quite as um, like the '89 Batman was was kind of a, or even you know Batman Returns were kind of like dark but campy. I I think this is probably even a bit darker than that. Like like maybe just between those two. It sounds like that's a sweet spot for Batman fans. Can't wait to see March fourth, twenty twenty two, is when we can expect Battenson. So go out, check out the trailer. Seth says it's relatively spoiler-free, so check it out. Get excited. Speaking of spoilers, we got to have a conversation. And and Jared, I want to get your opinion on this first. A lot of news this week. There was the Eternals, which is the upcoming Marvel film coming out in November with Angelina Jolie. Barry Keoghan, uh, who we just mentioned a second ago from Batman, is going to be in this, um, as well as Kumail. Your rival. Who continues to run away from a fight with me, bitch. Um, <laughs> All of those guys and much, much more in the new Marvel movie. Sounds like it's going to really blow the scale off the top of the MCU. Give us a big, wide, arcing story over a lot of time and a lot of space. And the reason I know that is because the premiere of the film happened this week. And there have been... Well, you, you might have to fill in the blanks here, Jared. I don't know if it's a lot of different ones or one really egregious one, but there's some spoilers coming out of the premiere showing. Uh, from folks who know that we haven't seen it, posting stuff pretty blatantly out there on social media. Fill in the blanks where I've missed out on that. All right. So, yeah, they they did the first day of essentially press showings. 
and they did one in the morning or around noon and in that one they specifically they just cut it right at the credits so those people a lot of the press didn't get to see any mid credits post credits any sort of teases or or setting up of anything but then they did the red carpet later that night and at that you know even more press some prestigious names and whatnot went to that literally the second the movie was done and again, like you're saying, I, I know of Variety being one of the main outlets. I think there was maybe one other big outlet. They just posted essentially the movie, the the post credit scene, characters that we didn't know that were in the movie and stuff. And, and I saw this, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to be very cautious. Mind you, these are reputable. You know the name Variety. So it's like, what the hell are you doing? The average day normal peasant essentially can't see this movie for two and a half weeks at the earliest. And even if it's two people, that has spread everywhere. I guarantee it's on Instagram, it's on Twitter, it's on Facebook, it's on MySpace, it's on Friendster, it's on Grinder almost. Like it is <laughs> everywhere, these spoilers. And I was just, I woke up and I was scrolling because I was going to see, you know, today if there was any, you know, movie news to make a video or, or just even talk about on the podcast. And Twitter somehow decides to pick news items that they think noteworthy and be like, here's something in entertainment you might want to see. And I'm like, okay. And I read the first line, and I'm like, I shouldn't be reading this. But the thing is, it had a, like a hundred thousand like likes, thousands, tens of thousands retweets, and this was the spoiler or a big one. So I'm like, well, now that part of the movie's ruined for me. And and then I had this this thought process of, am I slowly not liking Marvel movies because I know the movie before even seeing the movie? Whether or not it causes you to dislike the movie is one thing, but I hate, I don't want to know shit going. That's yeah. why, that's why I still haven't watched the Spider-Man trailer. And I, you know, enough leaked out of that, that I'm at least loosely aware of a lot of shit that's going on, but I haven't seen it. And that, you know, it's different if you've seen it or if you've read it and you know, cause that now that's going to be on your mind when you go in. And yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if that takes away from your enjoyment because so much of these movies is built on surprises and shit you didn't see coming. I hate this. I don't know how, what you do to control it, though. Maybe you tighten the window between the premiere and the wide release. Maybe you uninvite those outlets that do that shit and make an example of them. Maybe you you do a, a an embargo that lasts, you know, up Longer, until right before. Yeah. But I think if you're Disney, you you want the buzz that is created by these the, the you know the press folks going out and, and saying it's good. But the risk of having the spoilers, and maybe other people care less about this than us, but I feel like we none of us want spoilers. No. From a journalistic integrity standpoint, you would think that this is obvious. And you're right. For a, for an outlet like Variety to allow this to happen seems pretty fucking egregious. I don't know what you do about it, but this is pretty close to punishable by death for me, and I don't even know what the spoilers are. Well, you're good. Basically, stay off of social media. Yeah, that's the thing is, like, I, I don't know if there's, like, a perfect solution. And the thing is, I feel like the mainstream person going to the movies are seeing these comic book movies and that's where these spoilers i mean everything's leaking nowadays everything's popping out that's what news is the tv's leaking the tv is cindy your tv's leaking <laughs> this bitch is messing up my floor <laughs> <laughs> like if a spoiler from the last duel came out because we're going to talk about that later like i don't think anyone would give a shit you know but it's these these comic book blockbuster type movies that are like so like be, I, I think people just want anything and everything from this movie because they're so jazzed for it. 
But I'm like you guys where I, I will say I, I watch and dig into stuff a little bit more than both of you, but I still want to be surprised. I want to go into these movies and not have me being like, okay, well, when's this thing going to happen? Because we're an hour and 40 minutes in and it hasn't happened yet. A, a similar situation happened with Venom Let There Be Carnage. I was borderline spoiled, I guess, on, on uh, a certain part of that movie as well. And I was just sitting there waiting for that. Like, I don't even know if I really enjoyed the movie. And maybe that's on me. I don't know. But it it's kind of a thing, like you're saying. It's like, why ruin this for everyone else? Maybe they don't see it as ruining. Maybe maybe we're, maybe we're other people do want to know this beforehand. I if, if you're out there, comment on this and please yeah. let me know why, why that's enjoyable for you. Because, yeah, at the very least, those outlets are going to get a shitload of clicks today. And really, that's all they care about. They don't care if they piss yep. people off. That's... You just answer the question as to why they do it. It's yep. because people people want to know ahead of time. I don't know. I don't think there's really any logical response to it other than that's just how some people's brains, and it seems like a lot of people's brains are wired. People like instant, I think it's probably it it's, instant gratification. Yep. yep. And so people want to find that stuff out soon. I haven't seen anything. Although I heard with Venom, I heard some, not necessarily spoilers, but I heard that there was a big, reveal and i was like okay i can put fucking two and two together yeah. pretty quickly here yep. this one though with eternals i have no clue what a spoiler could even be i don't know what the fuck this movie is so yeah and i don't know if that's good or bad at this point that i don't really know what it is but and i've seen the trailer a dozen times i still am like who now who who what <laughs> what are we doing uh where are we going uh who are these people why does why does he look like the winter soldier why is why is he there yeah that's gonna um, really confuse me uh, why is Paperboy breaking tables or going to Ikea? So I don't know. I got tickets. I'll see it, obviously. Hopefully I don't get spoiled and there's some cool stuff that, you know, has implications because I don't know if I'm going to care about these people or not, to be honest. It's another installment, you know, so I'm excited. I actually got my tickets for premiere night in IMAX, so very excited to catch that with a crowd, I hope. Ooh, it pisses me off so much when I get one of these because you can't go back from it. I think that's maybe what I hate. You can't unknow. Yeah, the inception to me. Something or read it, yeah, and it's there forever, and and it and whether whether or not you realize it, it's gonna affect, you know, how much you uh, enjoy the movie. You're certainly not gonna enjoy it as much as someone who's seeing it fresh and gets surprised by the things you're not surprised by. So, let us know in the comments out there. Click the link, hit the comment box, and and let us know what you think of these spoilers. How should we how should we deal with these people that are spoiling shit for us? Hang them by uh, the short hairs. There we go. But ooh, if I ever come across one of those cats, like honestly, it's you know what it you know what it does more than anything else is it scares the shit out of me, you guys, because I don't know when the presser is going to be for Spider Man, but I swear I I know that this is going to get recorded and put on the internet. I don't care. I will find and fucking maim a person who spoils on social media what happens in Spider Man for me after the fucking premiere. I that will be my John Wick. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I just have to delete all the apps. Maybe that's the only way to enjoy a movie. But I, I hate that that's what this is. I, I really do. It bugs the shit out of me. I'd rather just find out on that day. But if people click on it, I get why they do it to your point, Seth. But ooh, it makes me so mad. Well, I will say, uh, just in case, rumor mill is the next Spider Man trailer is dropping on Monday the 25th-ish. So uh, you, you you basically have to just get what? rid of Twitter. I'm getting off. I'm getting off the social medias until Christmas. What is going <laughs> on? Why Why is that a thing? Yeah. That you know when the trailer's coming out? Because, yeah. be, right. because people have been t- tweeting at me and asking me, and I'm like, well, I don't know if it is. 
Why does anyone care? Because, I, I, honestly, and that's the thing is, okay, I was on a TikTok live earlier, and people jumped in, and they were telling me this. And I was like, oh, that's cool. What do you want to see in the trailer? They literally said they want to see the whole movie. So this almost goes back. I think that there's a lot of fans, a majority of the fans, that just want to see everything. And then when they're in the theater, they want to see it again. It's fucking crazy. What What is going on? <laughs> Like, so like, hey, that... uh, like, hey, we're going to have, uh, we're going to throw you a surprise birthday party, but this is what the birthday is going to look like. And then you're going to have to realize that it's a surprise birthday later. Like, Whew. Jared, to me that if you're in this place of Twitter or social media where people are debating about when a trailer is coming, like you had to deal with this in the first place with the Spider-Man trailer, like people asking about it in fucking like June, people were asking about <laughs> yeah. the and you, you you had to deal with people talking about it back then. You are you are to me like in the black market or the four chan <laughs> of, of of the of the internet because I don't see any of this shit and it sounds so stupid. It, <laughs> the fact that people are so hyped for a trailer for two minutes of footage for a movie that comes out in less than two months, just chill, hang out. It's patience, my dude. No one's got patience. It blows my mind. There's so many other things you could do with your time than <laughs> worry about that. Like, <laughs> a million things. <laughs> I, could, I could literally list off a thousand things right now that you could that would be better time better spent time. And I get people have their things, but this doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> it doesn't compute. I can't track it, dude. I'm with you. And Jared, is it? Obviously, like we said, Variety's getting clicks. You know, uh, you, you got to do content around the trailers a lot of the time. Does it feel like you're you're wading through the, the, the cesspool and just trying to get yours without getting, I don't know, getting infected in it sometimes? Or is it like, what, how do you balance? Yeah, I got like, I'm a part of this world. I got to, I got to, you know, talk to the people. Oh, with, yeah. I don't want to deal with these fucks and they keep spoiling the movie for me. <laughs> and also, can you just ask them, like, if they know that there are other things that people make that they can watch that aren't Spider-Man trailers? And see, that's the <laughs> thing is, which I and, – and again, this is my – I wouldn't say problem, but it's like, well, we've had this conversation of – we like movies. We like comedy. We like video games. Like we we've put our stat points in a lot of different things. I think a lot of people just said Marvel and comic book stuff and put all of their stat points in it because there's specific accounts that have millions of followers and all they do is talk about com like Marvel movies or speculate when the next trailer is going to come. And the thing is, like, sure, I'll steer into that. I'll dabble. You know, I'll. I'll dip my toe into that well because I know it's going to get views but also I'm like truly if you're listening and you're a fan of me I don't give a shit I just want these <laughs> movies when they come out but you want me to talk about them so I'm going to talk about them okay give the people what they want I guess it's uh it's a weird world it's a weird world but hey if it gets me off Twitter I guess that's probably for the best mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. yes it's a story but also a warning for the folks out there if you're an MCU fan Maybe it's maybe quarter four up until the end of the year is the time where you just shut it down for a bit because we're going to be running into Eternals, Spider-Man. We're going to have Hawkeye yep. right after Mandalorian, uh, Boba Fett season comes out. 
So there's going to be a lot of spoilers out there, and it's Disney, so it's constant. But th- this this leads me to think I, I need to go dark or, or someone's going to make me kill someone over something. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to have to do that. So let us know what you think. And, and honestly, if you're one of these people that we're talking about, I know we just kind of shit on you for a bit, but I would love to talk to you. So like, jump in the comments and let us know like what what is it that makes you want to find out what's in the movie before you see it. Let us know. Let us know. We'd love to hear it. Cody loved to hear it. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Seth, uh, man of the people, as always. We got the Continental casting. We got new trailer for Batman, and we got everything you need to know about the Eternals out there on the internet. And that is our bathroom reading for the week. Sitting on a toilet. Now flush. Let's get to some stuff that you can actually watch not just the trailers. <laughs> Time to jump into some reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. Seth, let's start with you. Apple TV Plus had the second season, big time Emmy award winning show, a lot of anticipation around big season time. two. Big Is time. this one as good as the trailer or should we just watch that? No, I, I need more footage from Ted Lasso season three. I don't know when it's coming, but I need it as soon as possible. What I outfit is he wearing? Right. Did you see is... Jason Sudeikis said, oh, you guys aren't ready? Didn't you see that tweet? It's They're going to put a trailer out tomorrow. Oh, obviously. shit. Or no, oh, no it's going to be during right. Thursday Night Football. Is you're, right, you're right, you're right, you're yeah. right. Shit. All right, go dark, people. So Ted Lasso season two just wrapped up within the last few weeks on Apple TV+. Plus. Had a couple extra episodes this season. So in terms of the the show, I mean, if hopefully you've seen season one, Ted Lasso comes over from a college football team in Kansas to go play, to go coach a soccer team or football team in England, uh, Rich AFC Richmond. So for in the first season, spoilers, teams get team gets demoted. You'll know what that means if you watch the show or and or watch football slash soccer. So season two, they're trying to get um, back into the Premier League. Season overall theme of the season, I think, because the one thing that that Bill Lawrence likes to do with his his shows kind of have an overall like theme in terms of um, what the characters are dealing with. If you look at, I mean, if you just look at Scrubs, there's a you know a funny through storyline that you know happens, and then there's a emotion deep emotional center of the show. And I think they did that with the overall season being only a, a, a eleven or twelve episodes, however long it is. So this the this season really dealt with a lot of like mental health or personal, you know, emotional health type of stuff. Primarily, and we saw a bit of season one, but with with Ted and he has some issues with panic attacks and things like that. And so they they dive deeper into that. There's a there's a therapist who is brought in with the team who is initially brought there to help a player deal with some like this, basically the yips, um, and then kind of goes more into stuff with. Um, counseling and therapy and stuff like that so a lot of the show is with her relationship with ted and then we get some of the the overall like relationship stuff like romantic relationships uh primarily my favorite thing of the my favorite overall thing with the show is roy kent he was a player in, in the prior season and is now a manager for the team but he's the very straight laced mean character but has like a heart of gold type of thing like you know, he actually cares, but it has like a, a hard shell. Mean to people, but also cares for people. He's kind of got that, that rough exterior. He's kind of like um, Cox and Scrub, Dr. Cox and Scrubs. Love it's Cox. Good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, an apt comparison. And then um, his uh, girlfriend, Keely, 
um, who is the social media brand manager for the team. Complete opposite people, but are easily my favorite TV couple right now. I love their stuff. But I, I think for the show, it took a few swings this season because it dealt with the the mental health stuff. I, I saw some people who didn't love the show because it kind of did stray away from the comedy more at times and went more serious. But I think they always came around and, and had each episode to me had at least one genuine laugh. There was one episode that was entirely focused on Coach Beard, which had the kind of a similar reaction to how people reacted to the uh, Soul 11 episode in Stranger Things, uh, where it was just centered mm. on her. I, again, I personally like that. I liked the Coach Beard episode. Got It focused uh, more on, obviously, with Beard getting his own full episode, but then also some other side characters that haven't got a ton of screen time, even outside of the football club, uh, which I liked. Uh, you got to, They got to showcase uh, a bit more stuff in this one, and, and it was a pretty unique episode. So I liked it. I enjoyed the, ser- the, the season overall, and I thought the last two episodes in particular felt the most like Ted Lasso the first season. A lot of laughs and things were wrapped up, and overall a, a good feeling, I think, in a lot of parts of the show, the the uh, the last two episodes, um, and I think season three is set up. I, they already said season three is the last one, um, so I think this was like a perfect bridge because it, the first season ended in a way that like really set up the show well and gave you kind of what the introduced you to all these characters and kind of gave you a nice emotional core. Season two kind of took that, shifted it a little bit, um, and got us back to a place where it can wrap up nicely of season three with like a really, I think there'll, there'll be a really um, interesting collisions only where that's coming to mind but like uh, just a good confrontation throughout season three i think and you'll understand what that means if you, you catch up with the show but there'll be a good confrontation in season three which will allow the show to end i think in a in a nice natural way i think it'll be a satisfying end so i'm excited i'm excited for season three and really like season two that's season two, Ted Lasso, Jason Sudeikis, uh, Emmy Award, Emmy Awards all over that show. The Roy Kemp character, I, I don't know that actor's name, but he won as well. Uh, Brett so, Goldstein, Te- I think his name. And he's also a writer on the show. He, him and Bill Lawrence, I believe, are also doing another show for Apple TV. Those two are co-creating it and writing it. Oh, shit. There you go. He's here, he's there, he's every fucking where. The sounds of it. <laughs> Roy Kent. Roy Kent. <laughs> Ted Lasso, season two is out there on Apple TV Plus now. Go check out seasons one and two. Seth, take a swig of water because we're coming right back to you. You've been, uh, listeners of this show have heard you talk about this one a few times. (laughs) I've caught a few episodes of this and have enjoyed some of season one. But Comedy Central just wrapped up season two of this comedy that I know you've enjoyed. Yep, Aquafina is Nora from Queens season two. Not a whole lot really because this show doesn't, really have a, a full through line for a season it's pretty random episodes at times like for example there's an episode in this season where nora her imaginary friend comes back to life kind of but <laughs> and there's also an episode where she goes and lives on a commune that doesn't have any electricity or anything like that for a period of time so all over the place all the characters are back though from season one her grandma her father played by bd wong not benedict wong Bowen Yang is back uh, as her cousin Edmund. Unfortunately, Simu Lu from Shang-Chi uh, is not back as Garbage nah. Girl, which I was pretty bummed about. But her Damn. friend from Shang-Chi the, that they interact with uh, at dinner, she is back and plays uh, a, a hilarious character where she is playing an old... 
an older woman uh, who's friends with Aquafina's grandma. So she's like a 30-year-old woman playing like a 70-year-old woman and is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Like just this show is so random and wacky and out there, but it's also kind of emotional at times. Kind of, it's similar to like a Dave or a, an Atlanta. Um, they can go pretty crazy, but also kind of make some points. But for the most part, Aquafina out of all those shows is the wackiest and weirdest. I love it. I love Aquafina. Someone who in the past, prior to this show, I thought was maybe hit or miss, or I had only seen a couple things of and wasn't like the biggest fan of. But since I've been watching this show, I'll watch anything that she does. Um, I think she's hilarious and commits well to her her to her characters in this show. Check it out if you like weird, wacky comedies. I, I think it's worth it's It's just a show to put on and, and laugh at. I definitely recommend it. I know season one is on HBO Max. Uh, we'll see when season two moves over there. But if you've got Paramount Plus, uh, then you, or I don't know if it's on Paramount Plus, but I know it's on just the Comedy Central app. Is that oh, free? Yeah, Comedy Central app. You have to log in with a TV. Uh, yeah. Oh, like a t- TV provider. So text me when you want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Aquafina is Nora from Queen. Season two is available now. Getting the thumbs up from Seth. Uh, I am excited to catch up with that one. I'm in the middle of season one still, but uh, little comedy. Time for a hard shift into some murder. We have the festive movie of the season, Halloween Kills, is in theaters now. This is the second in what we know is a trilogy of Halloween movies, uh, kind of the rebuquel. Jamie Lee Curtis is back. Judy Greer is in this one. They add Anthony Michael Hall. Hell yeah. Hall yeah. Um, <laughs> Halloween Kills is the middle movie in a trilogy that I don't think really needed to be a trilogy. We talked a little bit about this offline. I'm going to say mostly negative things about Halloween, but I did enjoy the movie. I love the Michael Myers and everything behind that series enough that I still enjoyed this. I still found the fun in it. There's obviously some great kills and stuff, but boy, is the dialogue in this hammy. Holy shit. I think I said to you guys, it it sounds like the writers thought every single line of this movie was going to be the last line of the movie. They think it's so important. And the Anthony Michael Hall character is probably the worst at that. Evil Um, dies tonight. (laughs) Evil dies tonight is the tagline of this movie, which if you don't know beforehand, I swear you will know when you come out. Perfect drinking game. Oh my God. Oh my God. You'd be, you'd be yelling the N word at your theater screen if you uh, drink to that. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to do that for the, the third and final one. They move the plot along a little bit in this. And I think they set up certain things for the third movie that could be interesting. Ultimately for me though, guys, outside this being a recognizable property, I'm not going to accuse this of being good, even though I had an enjoyable time with it. That probably sounds wacky, but do I make sense there? Yeah, like there was moments here or there. You're you're a fan of the Michael Myers character, but the actual mm-hmm. pieces of the movie suck. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's how I kind of felt like now thinking about it because I watched it at home yesterday, and I was having a good time with bits and pieces. But yeah, when it got into kind of the I wouldn't say pandering to nostalgia, but like. Obviously, this is a sequel or following the lore from the very first 1978 movie. So they're going to bring in characters because obviously, oh, it's been 40 years. These people are still alive or or people that look like them, I guess. We, we can you know keep that going. And I just was like, I, why are we focusing on, on like who are – I don't care about these characters. And it kind of felt like that for a lot of the pieces because – 
they kind of introduced, you know, these side characters essentially just to get murdered by Michael Myers, which sure great do whatever but i don't know man it it really now stepping back it feels like such a filler second installment i mean i even said in in my review jokingly that this is like hour 13 of the uh second season of 24 where nothing happens and it happened like this movie is pretty much real time i never knew that an entire film could be filler like i think by the end of this trilogy will be saying you could have just watched number one and number three and gotten it all. 100%. Yeah. Seth, are That's you on board with us, or is this the best movie of the year? Best movie of the year. Uh, <laughs> you heard it here. Yeah. Guys, it's all my top movies of the year. Hey, don't get no respect. <laughs> hey, I don't even need to do anything. You got it all. Bada boom. <laughs> <laughs> Only thing better would be the cats if they release the cat's butthole cut this year. Yeah. They release that Oof. best movie of the year, but until then, <laughs> this movie. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I definitely agree. I, I think, and I kind of had that thought even while watching this. I'm like, this. I think probably one and three will be the only movies that matter here because this went nowhere, absolutely nowhere, other than one one major death that they could have done within the first five minutes of the movie. Next movie, really. I mean, some gory kills. It's a movie. I guess. I guess another thing that 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 stood out to me was not only like uh, the 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 editing and like the camera work seemed shake like i don't know it, it it didn't work for me in certain scenes specifically the ending i was just like what are we doing here but the very opening and maybe i needed to watch as a refresher the 2018 film because at the beginning it's present day instantly back into back in time time flash i thought the whole opening was back in the day so when a certain character you know, the boyfriend or whatever, was in present day. I was like, but he didn't age for 40 years. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's why it feels so much like filler, because you didn't need to go back to the, the original, original Halloween movie to get drama in here. It's a fucking killing machine moving through a small town. Do you really need to, like, tie it to other shit to get drama? Like, that's the drama. Show me him killing people. I don't need to get to know people just to watch them die. And what they do with certain characters in here feels like a waste. If I didn't love Halloween so much, I would really torch this, mm -hmm. I think. But I, I like the property, and I'm interested to see how they wrap it up. I think there are parts of it that stand out as, as being good and creative. But ultimately, if you're not a fan of Halloween, this is a skipper, I think, easily. And Or if you're just trying to like be festive you know, and, and have a beer and go enjoy a Halloween-type movie with your friends, maybe do that. But don't go in looking for something that is like critically going to be hailed as good, because this ain't that. I mean, the thing that I'm I'm still concerned about is those true crime podcast people. Did someone take over their podcast? Like, what is, <laughs> is it still going? Very curious. You'll have to watch the third installment to find out what happens to that podcast. Oh, what if the last scene is like them recounting it and it's zooming out and it's the, it's just been a story the whole time? Then I'm gonna then I'm gonna come back and re-review all of this stuff and I'm gonna be much less nice. <laughs> This ends up being a dream that someone's going to get hit. That's, no, that'd be, be like, really annoying. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of Halloween Ends, yeah. presented by Casper Mattress. Oh, shit, dude, oh, that God. would be the best ending. Use promo code, <laughs> and then it cuts right there. Use promo code Waste of My Fucking Time for 20% off. Halloween Kills, you heard it here. Uh, it's a skipper, unless you just want to keep up with the series. And if you enjoy the Halloween movies, go check it out. But lower the expectations a bit before you go see this one in theaters now.
Jared, I, I hope this next one doesn't bite as much ass as that last one did. Uh, uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> what do you got for us? This is uh, the latest uh, Netflix movie, uh, spooky movie, um, Night Ooh. Teeth. Watch this right before recording. I, I didn't know what to expect. I just knew that there were some scandally clad ladies and they're vampires, and it's a night of shenanigans, essentially. I mean, we have oh, Debbie Ryan, we have Lucy Fry, Megan Fox, and uh, Sydney Sweeney, who, uh, if you remember a couple Double weeks dribble. ago, uh, titties <laughs> bouncing up and down in voyeurs. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so uh that's who's in this movie honestly this movie the uh, megan fox and sydney sweeney are in the movie for about two seconds so them using their name to market is just come on the whole aesthetic basically this whole movie i imagine someone watching a couple of the weekend's music videos and saying let's make a movie about that because the main character looks very similar. There's a lot of neon. There's these weird kind of transitional camera movements. There's a lot of like hip-hop synth-type music and vampires or monsters. And it really doesn't go anywhere. Like I kind of liked the aesthetic at first with that neon. And I thought they were going to really dive into this world because essentially you determine that there's these like dueling, like the humans are against the vampires and then they made a packed and then it's like this lat like they're breaking the pact and it's a whole night of everything breaking apart i mean i didn't even really give a plot of this movie and the thing is there really isn't one it's it's that pact breaking and the two sides kind of going to war essentially yeah this this is a this is a skipper as well you know again some very uh pretty uh, why are vampires always hot that's what i'm curious about because the, you know all these women you know spoiler they're the vampires of this movie very beautiful very sexy but why is that a thing very beautiful very beautiful i don't know why vampires are sexy maybe someone else can explain but yeah this lucy fry was in vampire academy oh, which so is she's typecast yeah i guess she's just got she's got the teeth for it you know all i know is that this debbie ryan needs a new agent she she was in this movie, and she was also in Netflix's Insatiable. Yeah, and I, I hate to say it, I watched all of that. Oh, God, I didn't know you did. Yeah. That was so awful. <laughs> yeah, don't date don't date someone, okay? That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, don't date someone. Ever. That's Ever. A, sage advice. Let's not waste much of time on Night Teeth. Sounds like it stinks, unless you want to look at some hot chicks, in which case there's easier and quicker ways to do that. So yeah, links in the bio. So Night Teeth is a skipper. The last movie that we have this week is actually a good one. And as as critical as we were of, of Halloween, I'm going to be equally as complimentary of The Last Duel. This has Matt Damon, Adam Driver, Matt Ben Affleck. Damon. And it's set, I think we talked a little bit about it last week, and we thought it was set in like Arthurian times in England. It's not. It's, it's in the 1300s in France. Same and thing, right? Well, yeah, I, we don't have any Europeans that listen to us. So yeah, it is the same thing. There is an accusation from Jodie Comer that she was sexually assaulted by Adam Driver's character. And she is married to Matt Damon. And so Matt Damon and Adam Driver, who denies the claim, are going to have a duel to the death to decide whether or not he's guilty. This is all set up in the beginning of the film. And then what I thought is super, super interesting about the way that they lay this out structurally is the three acts of the movie are Adam Driver's point of view of the story, oh. Matt Damon's point of view of the story, and then her point of view of the story. And 
I loved the way that that works because they weave in and out from one another and you see some scenes a couple of times with a different light on it or a different expression or slightly different wording and it's like who remembered it correctly and that stuff was fascinating to me I think I said last week I'm not coming to be blown away by acting in this movie but I actually thought it was acted super well for a movie with stars this recognizable that I was able to actually lose Matt Damon in that role for little bits at a time, not the whole time, mind you, but some of it was a, a testament to him being skilled. Ben Affleck is so transparent, and it's, I'm not going to accuse him of being awesome in this. His character's fine. It's not a huge, huge part of the story, but he doesn't seem to know what time period he's in, weirdly <laughs> enough, the way he talks. But Jodie Comer, and this is a revelation. I won't be shocked if she gets nominated for this. She's doing all of the work here and does it very, very well. I, I said to Seth, we were talking last week before we, we both were going to go the next day. And it's a, it's like two and a half hours. And Seth was saying, oh, I'm, I'm worried I'm going to fall asleep because it's a long period piece. And I said, uh, don't worry because it's Ridley Scott and Ridley Scott does not have restraint. I was right. He does not. And you will not fall asleep during this movie. I promise you because it's so fucking loud. This was louder. This I had a harder time with the noise in this than I did in Tenet. And I don't know if it was my theater so I'll be interested to hear, Seth, if you had the same experience, but there's some like fighting, some war scenes that occur that are just so oppressively fucking loud that they were bothering me. It moves quickly through its two and a half hours, I'll say that, and it gives you all of the perspectives around an accusation like this, and it just presents them. I don't think the movie wants to tell you what's right, because it's just relaying a story that's already true. This is based on uh, a book on a true story. And so I think the highlight here is Jodie Comer for sure, but I loved the feel of this. I liked the, the combat, the fighting was very, very good. Uh, I thought it came to a satisfying conclusion and narratively the way that they sort of did that three act structure. I, I enjoyed this a ton. I haven't done a top 10 for my year yet, uh, but I, 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 I suspect it might flirt with my top 10 if I were to do it today. I, I really, really liked this one. Seth, how was your experience with it? Do you have the same noise issue? No, I don't know. I mean, you typically like to sit a little bit closer than I do at movies too. I don't really have much. I mean, it definitely was a loud movie. There was a lot of, like in the battles, there was a, in which they showed a certain battle three times, quite a bit of screaming, yelling when they're hitting each other with the swords and whatnot. So... Yeah, there were definitely some loud moments, but nothing too oppressive. I think your theater might have just had your speakers a bit too loud for this one, or depending on where you're sitting too. But yeah, no, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I I loved that the fact that it was set up like the way it was, like you mentioned, where it shows each perspective. I was starting to find myself get a little like bored and a bit dozy <laughs> after it once the first story once the matt matt because it starts off with matt damon's perspective and then it goes into um adam driver's perspective and then jody comer's perspective and so when it was ending with matt matt damon's getting towards the end of that one i'm like okay where are we going here and then it switched to adam driver and i'm like oh shit okay I'm into this and that like it completely like reinvigorated my my excitement for that movie and knowing it was going to change perspectives again like oh I'm like okay this is cool I'm into this let's see how this all changes and like you said Cody it was cool seeing just the subtle differences like you know they had to film each of these scenes multiple times but each time they did it they had to do it in 
a different way, you know, each perspective. I think that was so cool being able to see how that all changed. Just the slight different, like the different mannerisms, the inflections, like a lot of the lines were the same. It was just how they were, how they were delivered, which I thought was really, really cool. So just in terms of the acting and and writing of it all and, and the directing of it all, like, I think that was really cool to see. And if you're just looking for something a little bit different, I think this is a movie. Like if I would have known that going in, like that's how it's set up. I probably would have been even more excited going into it. Just knowing like, okay, we're going to get to see three different performances. Really very cool. I liked that was a little, like I mentioned, a little bored at times. There was some good, great performances like Cody mentioned, but some pretty bad ones too. Like you said, Ben Affleck, I don't know what he was doing. He's, (laughs) He's normally a really good actor, but he sounded like he was about ready to go order some fucking Duncan down the street. Um, in this he's one. trying for something. I don't know what he's trying for, but I don't think he's getting there. And he's not mm. helped by the ridiculous wig they have on him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he looks really foolish. But he, luckily, he's not—he's not a such a huge driving force in the movie that it that it detracts. I think the other thing, and I'm, I'm sure Seth that you would agree with this: the perspective changes will also change your opinion as you go through it. Yeah. I don't want to say too much about that, but like you can think you know what's going on, uh, but it, but just like in real life, if you only hear one version of a story, you, you're missing some of the info. And mm-hmm. so it's really fun to feel yourself shift and change and move uh, with, you know, between these, the different parts of this as the story goes on. And, and that's a really, really fascinating part. I will say this whole thing is centered around what may or may not be a sexual assault. And so be warned that you're going to see that. Uh, this is one of those where, we, we got a pitch, does the dog die, which you can go online, does the dog die.com. And you're going to get your trigger warnings. If there's anything you don't want to see. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> you'll get your trigger warnings so that you can be prepared for what you might see in this. I don't know if my perspective is, is super valuable in this situation, but I, I wouldn't call what they show in here gratuitous, but it, it likely will trigger some. So be warned, but you know, everything around it is, is, is a really, really nice watch and, and intriguing. Uh, I can't wait to talk more with folks who have seen this about kind of how things move throughout this movie. So a uh, big recommendation from Seth and I on The Last Duel, which you can catch in theaters now. So get on out and see that one. Don't, don't watch Night Teeth. Don't watch Halloween Kills. Or if you'd rather be on the TV side, Ted Lasso and Aquafina both getting recommends this week in our reviews. Mom? What do you think? I love it! I hated it! All right, Jared. Well, uh, we, we gave folks the last duel, but some folks went and saw it last weekend. So what are the folks to be doing this weekend? It's coming right for us! Yeah, we got some good, some bad, some weird, and some sand worms. Uh, we got Dune, baby. Dune is coming out. You guys going to see Dune? Dune? Thursday night IMAX, baby. I'm pumped. Yeah, yeah. Giant sandworms, half of Hollywood, sand. I don't know. Two and a half hours. Yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah. <laughs> friends that are listening, if you don't want to spend your hard-earned cash flow and half of your day in a movie theater, you can watch this on Cody's HBO Max. Uh, just <laughs> comment below and we'll send you the password. You're welcome, America. If uh, there wasn't a shitty-ass football game on on Thursday, I would probably would... Uh... I would probably would just watch this at home, but I got nothing else to do Thursday night, so I'm going to go. But I'm not particularly pumped about it. 
I think this is a Disney movie. Ron's Gone Wrong. I don't know. I think it's about a kid that gets a robot that is Ron. A, hey Ron. Hey, I'm Ron. <laughs> I think he gets a robot that is defective, and then I'm assuming he has to like learn through the robot. Yeah, I don't know. Family movie. I'm assuming. Big Big Hero Six. I don't know. It looks very similar, like animation style esque wise. So. I don't know. 20th century, so there's a chance they're using some of those. Yeah, it feels, the main, the, the Ron robot thing feels a lot like Baymax. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to get a similar vibe. Um, so there's one for the family. There's one uh, that's coming out on VOD, I believe, called Broadcast Signal Intrusion. And this is one that I actually watched at, I think, Sundance earlier this year. And I I am not like a creepy horror type person, but there was just something eerie about this movie. And essentially, it's playing into uh, or kind of based on real events that actually happened in like Chicago in the 80s and 90s where someone hacked into a TV station and showed like this weird clip called like Max Head Headroom or something um it's kind of like this weird infamous internet kind of thing and this movie's kind of based around this where this guy has to like digitize these kind of tapes but he finds one that has like a weird creepy person but it's only like 10 seconds but then there's rumor that this has happened four more times. So it's his kind of weird descent into madness and a conspiracy of him trying to find these tapes. And yeah, it's like I, I actually got I, I requested a screener and I'm going to watch it again because it's creepy weird. So if you're looking for kind of a thriller, horror, psychological, weird movie, check it out this weekend. I'm excited for this one. Harry Shum Jr. is the star. He was in Glee. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, Mike Mike Chang. So yeah, I'll check this out. Yeah. So that's a creepy one. And then this uh, this other one. It's not a movie, but it's more. Uh, I think it's a ten episode series. It's called Inside Job from Netflix, and it's from the same people that did Gravity Falls. But it also looks very similar to kind of you know Rick and Morty or Solar Opposites. So. I'm going to try to check out a couple episodes. I mean, it looks like the voice cast has some notable names and whatnot. And I've heard really good things about Gravity Falls. I've watched Gravity Falls. It's it's pretty fun. It's definitely like for kids. So I don't know if this is meant to aim at adults more. But uh, yeah, for folks of the Adventure Time, uh, kind of, you know, Rick and Morty, like you said, Solar Opposites, folks will enjoy this. Mm-hmm. As well as Gravity Falls, which I would recommend. So Inside Job joins Broadcast Signal Intrusion, Ron's Gone Wrong, and the big one, Dune, Dune. this weekend. It's coming right for us! All right. Well, we are just about ready to send you off into your weekend. But first, one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. I'm going to pivot from what I thought I was going to do on my one more thing and instead use this to... I guess make kind of a cool announcement. I I booked this last week. I booked my biggest stand-up show yet on the 27th. So actually the the night of our next live show, later that night, I am going to be opening for Pablo Francisco, who some folks will recognize, famous comedian. He's got specials online and stuff. He has the uh, movie trailer voice and does the little tortilla boy (laughs) gag is his big one. And he's coming to Bend, and I was able to get hooked up with the the show promoters, and I'm going to be doing an opening set. So I'll get to meet Pablo, hang out, uh, have a set. It's it'll be the I think it'll be the biggest venue I've performed at as well, Volcanic Theater here in Bend. So I am incredibly excited. Can't wait. If you're in Bend and hearing this, uh, comedy and a cause, they're going to donate proceeds from this to 
uh, an organization that helps uh, uh, veterans, actually. So Comedy in a Cause, search for Pablo Francisco and Bend, and, and you'll catch a little Cody as well. Very pumped for this one. Oh, Hopefully yeah. I'll have stories on a few future episode. Man, that is... I still like you told me a couple days ago. You told me just now. I, I it baffles me, man. That congrats. That's awesome. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. My one more thing. Uh, I I recently got back from a vacation, Palm Springs, but I want to talk about some like plane viewing because I had some time to catch up on whatnot. Cody, you talked about Squid Game last week. I was able to watch all of the episodes, and. Um, I compare it to the Tiger King, where if you miss it, you miss it. I feel like there was there was way too much hype going into it. Um, I, I enjoyed bits and pieces and whatnot, but I think as a whole, I would just was maybe expecting more. But then two kind of throwback things. Like I watched uh, Tommy Boy, and I was like, man, I love <laughs> love this yes. comedy. Great, great stuff. But then also on another flight because I had to jump. I, it was from Des Moines to Denver, Denver to Palm Springs. And it was like a perfect flight where time-wise, I guess, we watched, uh, I was sat next to one of the people we I was flying with, we both got two drinks, and then we watched A Weekend at Bernie's. And that oh, movie yes. <laughs> is so ridiculous. Like someone, I, I was just thinking of the pitch meeting that these people had of, okay, so we're going to have this guy, but he's dead the whole movie, but everyone's going to think he's alive. Like that is... Only in the 80s and cocaine-fueled riders' rooms could you make Weekend at Bernie's. So essentially catching up with Squid Game, but also some fun old favorites uh, with some booze. So great stuff. Did you watch Palm Springs in Palm Springs? No, I did jokingly make that uh, you know joke, and I was like, ah, better not. Something might explode. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Maybe they'll do with Mel Gibson in the Continental. Maybe they'll Weekend at Bernie's him. That'd oh, be good, dude, right? yeah. <laughs> My one more thing. Uh if you're listening to this podcast, move on over, listen to another one. Got another recommendation. This one is called Storytime with Seth Rogen. Just recently came out. One of my favorites already. This is different in that if you listen to Seth Rogen's audiobook for his, his book, Yearbook, that came out recently, he threw in a lot of clips and actors who came in and did voices and made it really like a, a scripted podcast. And that's exactly what this is. He does... I guess essentially calls up someone or has someone call in whatever a celebrity of some kind um, and tell a story. For example, this first episode, the name is escaping me now, but an actress who's an American pickle. So he worked with her and knows her and stuff and kind of knows her story. So she told the story about a date she went on that involved Paul Rudd being there. And so she tells the story. He interviews her and talks to her about it. And then there's like lines from Paul Rudd's movies in there and clips from a movie that she was at that they pull from from the movie. And then there's like sound effects in the background and there's music. And then Seth Rogen moves on to ask Paul Rudd a question. So they interview Paul Rudd for a little bit. And then he brings up a, a story about someone he interacted with and they go to inter interview that guy. And like <laughs> so he like will kind of like dive deep on these stories if there's something to go with. Again, through all these, there's clips and music and sound effects and all this stuff. Like, it sounds like a, a scripted podcast. Like, you hear a full story. And then in this other episode he did, David Crosby? The, yeah, Crosby that's Stills what it looks like Nash, here. He tells a story about how he wrote his favorite song. And it involved um, a member of the Beatles. And so then there's, like, there's music from that time. Like, there's music, like, Beatles music. There's 
little clips and just like general, you know, guitar music going on. And like they play the full song about what he's talking about. So basically he just calls up people he knows, or maybe, I don't know if maybe he calls up people he doesn't know, has them tell a story. If it goes somewhere, he'll move on to the next person and try and get more in the story. Or if it doesn't, it's, it's just a contained song where they couldn't move on to someone else with the Beatles because that person isn't alive anymore. So they kind of dove deep on the song and actually played the song and got some meaning behind stuff. So it just seems like he's generally talking to people and like interested in, in their stories and like just having a conversation, but then also makes it this really entertaining and cool and interesting you know, podcast that has like the sound effects and all that stuff. So one of my favorites already, I about half hour, 40 minutes an episode so far. I would definitely recommend this show if you're a fan of Seth Rogen at all, or just want something kind of different to listen to. If you, if you haven't gotten into the scripted podcasts that do involve all the sound effects and stuff, this might be a kind of a good introductory um, type of thing into it. Cause it, it has all those elements. I, I just added this to my like top of my uh, listen list. The way you're explaining it, it almost sounds like drunk history, but podcast. <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, this is scratching all my itches too, hitting all my buttons. Uh, that's going in my download queue. I got some flights this weekend, so I may be listening to this en route. That's a good recommendation. And folks listening to us must have some time to waste. So <laughs> story time with <laughs> Seth Rogen is a good place to spend it on. If you're on a flight, you can catch Squid Game, Tommy Boy, Weekend at Bernie's. Get a couple cocktails like JB did. If you're in Bend on Wednesday, October 27th, catch me with Pablo Francisco at the Volcanic Theater. That's what we got for one more thing. But I'm down to one more more thing. All right, folks. Well, we're going to wrap things up this week. But first, want to remind you to head out to sociallyconstipatedpod.com. Check out our social media profiles. Like all of the uh, posts that you see there. Jump into the comments on this episode uh, and all of the others, uh, not only for Entertainment Outhouse, but from the other shows as well. And now's a good time to interact with us however you can, because Wednesday, the 27th of October, 8 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Pacific, on the J Buck Studios YouTube page. At Jared Buckendall. We are going to be live for the Entertainment Outhouse. It's going to be a lot of fun. Join us in the comments and be a part of the conversation. You also might win a pair of movie tickets, or some other special prizes as well. Good time to join the mailing list out there. Who knows, there might be a secret game uh, like there was during our last live show. Who knows whether or not we'll do that again. Don't forget to become an anchor wanker as well. We always like to treat our wankers well. Wanker well. we appreciate all the support from y'all. But for now, we we, got to get things wrapped up here. Give you lots of stuff to talk about, lots of stuff to watch, and we'll be back to do the same. But for now, that's it for this episode of the Entertainment Outhouse For Jared Buckendall and Seth Ott, I've been Cody Michael, and we'll see you next time. Bye.